Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 24. Allie Ray with Maddie and Smitty brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and CHL news insight and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. And download the Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And Smitty will tell us how you can sign up for ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, you can watch the Bruins on ESPN+, Plus by signing up at InsideTheRink.com. Go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. I have ESPN+, and I love all the out-of-market NHL games, college hockey, college basketball, and much, much more. So sign up for ESPN+, Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. And we're going to change it up a little bit this week. We're going to start with Seven Chirps, and we have a special guest. And Allie Ray joins us, big Bruins fan. Allie Ray, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's it's great to have you. And uh, what we do on this segment is called Seven Chirps, and it's sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. You can use the coupon uh, coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at Lops Brewing. For new beers and events in chirp number one, for those who haven't heard the story... How did your new career come about? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of wild. Um, I actually was just a hockey mom living in Plymouth and, you know, just doing the regular suburban life. Um, I was actually an ICU nurse in Boston. And I think, you know, just the pandemic hit, um, things just really changed. I think, you know, you had to find other ways to entertain yourself. Everything was closed down and so I think that's kind of how I warped into this adult entertainment, which is so wild to even still like say out loud sometimes because it's such a disconnect from where I, I used to be. Um, but I started doing OnlyFans with my husband. And, um, you know, at first it was like, let's make some extra money. Um, you know, he got furloughed from the airlines during that time. And so we were like, just happy to make an extra $500 a month. And, you know, it paid a bill and it just kind of, really, really blew up very, very quickly into life-changing money. And so we really started to put time and effort into it. Um, actually got like retweeted or I don't know if it was an Instagram post by the Bruins. Oh, I think they reposted me on their story. I was like a picture in a Jersey and they found out at work. Um, and they recognized me and realized that's, you know, Ali Ray is an alias for me. So they kind of were like, that's, you know, such and such from work. And unfortunately, all these nurses kind of got together and literally rallied for probably six months to get me fired. And that's ultimately what happened. And so then this new career really became like, this is it. <laughs> like, we're yeah. in it because now, you know, I wasn't going to be hired anywhere in the city. It was the story was getting wild. Um, and I have no regrets. I really don't. I was very sad when it occurred, but I feel like you know, what I'm doing now, it is what it is. I'm not, you know, I don't have any regrets. I don't live a life of regrets. So that's like a shortened version of kind of how I morphed in from hockey mom in the suburbs to full-time adult entertainer. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think guess that's a, I guess that's the difference between men and women, men high five each other, women rat on each other. <laughs> yeah, I that's exactly. what yeah. I guess that's how it happens. Yeah. So, I mean, everything kind of happens for a reason though. So, uh, uh, but how did you end up getting into hockey? Was, was it, uh, being a hockey mom or were you a fan kind of before that? 
Well, I grew up in Texas, so um, I knew nothing about hockey. I went into the Navy at 17, and I got stationed in Minnesota, like bizarrest place ever for the Navy. But I did. And, of course, you come to Minnesota, you either love hockey or you're like, you're going to be bored out of your mind. <laughs> and so I fell in love with hockey and I met my husband right away. And of course we have three boys. And so, yeah, I ended up, uh, we, you know, our boys have been on the ice since a year and a half. It's, you know, state of hockey. It's, it's just, in, it's in the blood there. And so, um, I have a goalie, I had two skaters. And so I, I, yeah, absolutely. I fell in love with it. I didn't really fall in love with the professional hockey until we moved to Boston. And that's when I fell in love with Bruins prior to that. I didn't really go for the wild, I guess, but I'm a huge Gopher fan. So oh, I right. love college hockey. Like yeah, I, I actually like the Gophers more than the Bruins. Like in terms oh, of like college hockey to me is just a vibe. So, sure. um, but yeah, then I fell in love with the Bruins, and uh, yeah, it just it's been where I'm at for a long time. So that's kind of my hockey story and how I get into it. But I loved watching my boys on the ice. Two are grown now and they don't play, but um, it was it was amazing. It's the coolest sport ever. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, but we're from just outside of Boston, so we're, we're big college hockey fans. You know, BUBC. So uh, we'll, we'll let the Minnesota thing go. That's fine. Um, so last last season we did a we did a segment called Whipping Boys, which we each picked a guy that even though we love the Bruins, that kind of drove us crazy here and there. Do you have a whipping boy on the Bruins team that kind of drives you nuts? Not really on the Bruins team. I mean, I have them in the NHL, but I don't. Okay, I think I have both. Well, I'll tell you this: um, any player that was born in Minnesota and went to play for the Badgers is absolutely on my shit list. So I'd have okay. to look and see if any of those are Minnesota boys who played in the Badgers. I think I would know. So I don't. Yeah, I don't think I have wow. any in particular. I'm a massive Marshawn fan. Like I love. I love the attitude, the energy. I love that everyone hates him. I love his spirit, passion, and I know he's probably most people's whooping boy, but um, sure. he's absolutely my favorite player. So, uh, yeah, I can't really, yeah, not really think of anyone. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, if you went around the league and asked people, I'm sure Marshan would be a would be a pick for uh, you know all the other franchises when right, when they were right. playing the Bruins. So, so I mean, that's the licking was weird. I won't deny the licking was weird. <laughs> he's been clean for a couple of years now, so I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's kind of cleaned his act up a little bit, uh, but the reputation still kind of follows him around a little bit. Uh, right. But if you, if you had um, one thing in hockey, one rule in hockey that you could change. Um, what would that be? I actually, so I think when we first started with the shootouts on like eight years ago or whenever it was, I was like, this is sick. Cause I'm, I'm huge. When I watched like hockey, I usually focus on the goalie probably because I have a goalie son. And so I'm used to watching like most of the game I'm focusing on the goalie. So I love the shootout aspect, but I really feel like for overall, I would love to just see like extended three versus three because it just more of a team effort. I feel like it just would be, it's so exciting. It's so amazing and fun to watch. So I think I'd do it with a shootout and just do an extended three V three would be my plan for that. But I do, I, am, I do like the shootout. I am. So we just yeah. talked about this two or three episodes ago. Yeah. We are so with you. hundred percent with you. I mean, it's three on three. Yeah. hundred percent. Amazing. It's so much energy. I, I love oh, it that. Is. It is. It's amazing. All right, Allie Ray, who is the best looking Bruin? Okay. So, <laughs> I would have to say, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Okay, well, Zaka. I think Zaka and Carlo, but but I have a caveat to this. Okay. Only if they have a beard. When their beards are off, I'm not a fan. 
Okay. Okay. Without a beard, then they look good. But without the beard, I'm like, man, put the beard back. I like. I agree. The beard is important. It just gives a different (laughs) look to it. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of the guy with a goatee, Carlo. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you're looking forward to playoff time when they all grow the beards and you're, Mm. you know, getting ready for that. Yeah. Gearing up. That's nice. Carlo does have a uh, Carlo does have kind of a baby face when he has no uh, facial hair. You know, so uh, and Zaka yeah, looks different too without a, without some. He kind do, of yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. I thought you know. Well, a lot of people said Craig Smith was the best looking bro, and then he, they traded him. So I was just wondering what the vibe was. Uh, you know, not yeah. that. I think a lot of people like Bergeron as well, but I just mm-hmm. I just doesn't do it for me. So hmm. okay. So what is one concern that you do have about the Bruins heading into the postseason? Is there something you're worried about or are they playing too well at this point in time? I mean, I just hope we can keep our momentum. I mean, we've had a rough last three or four games. It is, you know, what it is. We've also had, Mm. you know, I'm so glad Marshawn isn't like severely injured. That would have been horrible. Mm. Um, But I mean, I think we just, I worry about our, the president's trophy, the curse. You know, obviously I I hope that doesn't play into it. I think obviously the way our season speaks for itself, we could win it. We could do it. It's just a matter of, it's just such a different ballgame when you get to the playoffs. Like you just don't know. And you don't know what, teams that you didn't see all season that show up and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And it's like a whole nother level. So I, I mean, I think there's not a lot to critique with this, you know, it's just a matter of maintaining that momentum and just doing what we do best. I think Olmark is just like, wow. Um, he's amazing. And I think he's, he's great. And so hopefully we can just carry that through. Yeah. Hopefully they haven't been too reliant on Omar uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, being so spectacular. Uh, all right. So Allie what's the prediction for you for this season for the Bruins? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I'm, I'm going to say we're going to win the cup. I feel like okay. if there's ever a year we've had, we've had a lot of years, obviously, but mm-hmm. this year, like we're just, something magical is happening. I, I don't know if it's the changing coaching, if it's the, you know, Omar's coming out, he's doing amazing. It's just so much is like, there's the energy is very good. And I just feel like this better be it. This really better be it. I, I would be so devastated if it's not. So I, I feel like we're going to win the cup. I do. Love it. I'm yeah. with you on that. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I mean, I, I would be devastated as, uh, devastated yeah. as well. I think yeah. and a lot of people would be. If they don't, win. yeah. So I think I think all right. they will. Um, all right, a couple of things I wanted to get to you uh, with you with is uh, one is the tap that I've been watching some of these beer reviews, really cool. And of course, one of our sponsors is Lops Brewing in in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, and uh, we're okay. big beer guys. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to know first of all how you came up with the idea, and then what you know, give me a couple three of your top beers. Yeah, so actually, oddly enough, during the pandemic, um, since you're home and you really can't go anywhere, I was drinking more and more craft beer, and I was doing, like, little mini just reviews with my, you know, camera phone on Instagram, and I had, like, maybe 1,800 followers. I don't know. Not a a lot. They were the ones actually recommending to me, you guys should start an OnlyFans, and that, so it's kind of full circle, this tap that, so it wasn't tap that, it wasn't even established, and it was just a chick online review, you know, talking about her beers, not even officially reviewing, Um, but I've always loved craft beer, and so, you know, once things kind of settled with all the, you know, big press and everything with OnlyFans, I really wanted to go back to kind of where it all started and, and where my passion was, and so that's when we created tap that. Um, and a part of me really wanted to help maybe bring back that culture and community of craft beer, which if you guys are craft beer lovers, you know, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic really hurt these, this community. It really did. And so a lot of these breweries, you know, 
couldn't have, you know, they couldn't open their, their brew houses and et cetera. So I wanted to highlight those small businesses and, and really just, I try not to cover any AB owned beers. I always try to do really craft small beer and that, you know, give them exposure. I don't, I don't charge to talk about them or anything. And so that was another part behind it is I kind of wanted to give back in that way and get people excited about craft beer again, because it's absolutely amazing. Um, and I, I've never been to Lops, but now I definitely will. Oh yes. Yeah. So yes. when you, when you're, uh, when you're back in the Boston area, we'll have to head down there and do a little remote from Lops. He'd be, he'd be thrilled to have review. you down and yeah. do a little beer review. It'd be fantastic. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love, I love reviewing beers and it's not to like, I try, I rate them all fairly. I don't, you know, I give my best, my best review, even if sometimes I, you know, they're not as great, but you know, everybody has their own taste. So yeah, try not absolutely. To like completely bash breweries at all. It's just something right. that are not your style, you know? Yeah. So. so, so I saw today that you were doing a, I think it was a strawberry something. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, do you, how do you feel about sours? I'm not a sour guy. So I never, yeah, I was not a sour. Pr- I'm like an IP. I'm a New England IPA gal. And okay. I, you know, for the channel, I wanted to make sure I always was reviewing things that were out of my comfort zone to give variety. And so but lately I have come across some sours where I'm like, okay, I could do this. Okay. I could have this, you know, on a summer day over some ice even. I mean, some of them, if you just mm-hmm. kind of tone them down can be good, sure. but I will say there's not many that have wowed me, but mm-hmm. I have at least a couple that I know I've came across. I can't think of off the top of my head, but I'm where I'm like, okay, like that's actually not bad, but yeah, they're, they're, you're going to love them or hate them. And I think that's just a taste acquired thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I live near Portland, Maine, which is like the brewery capital of the country. Yeah. And uh, Allagash is my, I'm a Belgian white guy. Yeah. You know, Smitty, Smitty is more of an IPA. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, and I'm a Belgian white guy. Um, all right. So tell me about this wet, wet space crypto. I've been looking at this on your social mm-hmm. medias and I'm trying to figure it out. What, what's that about? So whenever, um, you know, I was after, you know, I've been on OnlyFans for a bit there. OnlyFans made an announcement, you know, they were going to like ban porn. I don't know if you ever remember that, but it was a really big deal and people got really concerned about it. And I, and I, myself, cause I'm at the height, you know, of making crap tons of money. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, okay, this is going to go away. Um, and I started to look into crypto because I realized the issue was banking, um, regulations. And I thought, well, we got crypto, we're good. Um, and so long story short, created wet space in an effort to, uh, not only provide the stability for creators, which a wet space is a platform just like an OnlyFans subscription site for adult creators. Um, it's just that we accept multiple cryptocurrencies. We also now accept Visa and MasterCard as well, but you don't have to accept it if you don't want Um, And there was another layer to it from the fan side of anonymity. I had a lot of like high end, you know, um, either business or even some athletes that can't have, you know, these types of things on their credit card statements. And so, or their CPAs would see it or what have you. Um, And so it provides a level of anonymity when you can pay with crypto. So it's really provided a solution for two problems on both sides. And so wet spaces is just like an OnlyFans, you know, creators have their little page and they have a subscription price and they post videos and what have you. Um, And it's amazing. We're growing every, every day we're growing. It's been wonderful. We did add, like I said, Visa and MasterCard because creators wanted it. Um, and it's been great. And I'm, I feel like, you know, we have a lot ahead of us. We didn't create a coin. We're trying to do some NFT scam. Like we weren't into that. We just wanted a place where people could pay with something other than Visa and MasterCard. And so that's what we did. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's great. How many, how many subscribers right now do you have? 
Um, well, I'm on many platforms, but um, I mean, just on OnlyFans alone, I have 33,000 active. I have 65,000 probably in the bank. It, it, it really varies every month. Oh. Some months it'll dip down to 20,000. I mean, it just yeah. some people will come and then they kind of go away for a month or two and then they come back. So it's a very, very volatile industry if you don't sure. keep up on it. Sure. Yeah, it can be. Now, now, do you feel a lot of pressure with, you know, coming up with content like to keep people engaged or I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how it works. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the industry is like used to be in the traditional adult industry is very scripted. Mine is very much like, this is my life. There's the camera you can watch. Like it's oh, very unscripted. Okay. We try not to be, um, I mean, I've had a few things I've scripted like my veggie tales or something. I, that was a series I did, but um it's just, it's very much just a peek into my life. So we try to really keep it very natural. And so I don't really run out of ideas because it's sometimes I'm like, this is the same thing. Are they even going to want to watch or see this? But <laughs> it's just like really more of the behind the scenes of my life, uh, my sexual side of my life. And so mm. it's, we keep it pretty interesting. We're very interesting people, obviously. <laughs> I don't live a very normal life. No, I, you know, it doesn't seem, it doesn't yeah. seem as such. Um, Smitty's been looking into some, uh, you know, doing an older fans, but uh, he's trying to find his niche, you know, he's trying oh, yeah. to find his, uh, his niche audience. Um, for everyone. Yeah, there, there is. Um, well, Ali Ray, it's been great to have you on. And uh, we're, you know, we're pleased that you're a, such a big Bruins fan. They came on and talked with us oh, and, and hopefully we can do some beer reviewing with you someday. That'd be fun. Yeah. That would be so That'd fun. Be yeah, but definitely if I'm in the area, I'll hit up Lobs Brewing and yeah. go do some reviews there, get a flight. I love oh, that. Okay. I love doing reviews right in the breweries themselves. Yeah, it's there's a nice cool. little outdoor patio if it's summertime. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a cool little it spot. Is. Nice little yeah. spot. It really is. Well, Allie Ray, we, we appreciate it. We wish you the best of luck and uh, go Bruins. Yeah, I know. Fingers crossed, guys. We got this. This is going to be Fingers video. crossed. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I, I love your positivity. Yes, we'll love the show, guys, and thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate it. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. So Allie Ray joins us. You can find her at theallyray.com. Uh, for all her links and uh, at the Allie Ray on social media. She also has the Tap That Beer Review on YouTube. All right, week in review time. And on March the 31st versus the Detroit Rock City Red Wings, a 3-2 to two win on ABC. Uh, started out slow, kind of a snoozy little matinee. I was downstairs at Salty Dog and <laughs> Fanduel Hall swearing at the television and then moved to a different bar. And lo and behold, they come back and win, find a way to win 3-2 to two in this one. Uh, but it was, again, another instance where the Bruins just aren't playing up to their capability. No, nope, started slow, played bad, uh, and found a way to win. Uh, that's basically mm-hmm. the game in a nutshell. Um, they've had turnover and puck management problems for a while now, and um, it can't keep happening and having it not catch up with you. And, uh, you know, as we'll, as we'll document in the next few games here, it's catching up with them. Uh, so is. they really need to get back to Bruins hockey and the way that they'd been playing for the majority of the season. 
Yeah, and it's it's just been sort of a common theme that, as you said, <clears throat> as we'll see in the next couple of games, has caught up to them. Uh, some interesting notes about the NHL on ABC. NHL on ABC is averaging 1.1 million total viewers. That's up 19% versus ABC's full season average last year. And Saturday's Red Wings-Bruins game averaged 1.13 million viewers, peaking at one and a half, and is now the second most viewed ABC game of the season, only behind the stadium series game between the Flyers and Penguins. That's pretty encouraging news for the hockey. I'm yeah, I yeah, it is. I mean, they're putting it on a major network. So I think when it goes on major networks and people can find the games, then yeah. uh, that works out for them. But when, you know, the games on ESPN Plus only and right. and it's, you know, there's a couple of streams and the the first one that pops up is in Spanish. Uh, you know, that's not exactly what you're looking for. So, um, you know, people are swearing at the TV. I was swearing at the TV. Other people like, I can't even find the game where, what channel is it on? Uh, so all that stuff needs to be ironed out a little bit, but you put the game on a major network, you're going to get people to tune in because hockey is a great game. And, uh, you know, the Bruins are a great team. Detroit's a great, you know, not a great team right now, but you know, a big market team, original six matchup. Uh, so, you know, all that stuff is good. But they really need to do a better job, I think, of marketing the players, marketing the stars, getting some personality back into it and uh, and kind of figuring that end out. And, uh, you know, then they'll then they'll kind of maybe reap the rewards from that. Yeah, that's I mean, that's always been the case with their superstars, just not marketing them very well. And uh, like you said, you know, having it on ABC is a big plus for them. Uh, But being up, you know, 19 percent is, you know, is real data. So, you know, hopefully that's a good trend for them. But I'm I'm with you on trying to find it streaming and it it ends up being in Spanish. You even tweeted out, can someone give it to me in (laughs) non-Spanish? Someone tell me what to hit. Like, I don't know. It's just, you know, sometimes it's just too hard. You know, you stop it. You know, just I get why they do it, but because they think that that's the that's the trend and that's where everybody's going to end up going. But man, is it frustrating sometimes to try to find the game? Um, all right. So then, March the twelfth, the next game, back to back. Now they're in Detroit, and it's a five to three loss. Started slow again, just played bad, and almost found a way to win it. They cut it to four to three, and it was a game where I kind of thought they'd they'd make a run and try and, and get there and they did but but there's an empty net goal seals are for Detroit and this is where it's really caught up to the Bruins where they couldn't dig themselves out of the hole yeah they they just uh they're they're making bad decisions with the puck and they're constantly playing from behind right now like they're just starting so slowly they're digging themselves a hole early in the game and then they usually they'll turn it on at some point during the game and kind of get themselves back into it uh you know which is nice and shows some resiliency but you just can't keep letting the same things happen over and over again. You can't keep having bad starts every game. You can't keep turning the puck over every game. You can't keep having bad power plays every game. You can't give up shorthanded goals and back-to-back games. You can't keep doing these things and expect to win hockey games. The NHL, I mean, even though the Bruins have, have you know, kind of dominated the league up until this point, you, you can't just show up and win in this league. You still have to work hard. You still have to put the puck in the right spots. You still have to back check. You still have to put in effort. You know, you can't hang your goalie out to dry. Like, all these things, you still need to do things the right way in order to win in this league. And the reason the Bruins were winning so much is they were doing things right, you know, 90% of the time, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is why they had 50 wins faster than anybody. 
but but now they're in a spot where they're doing most things wrong instead of right and digging themselves a hole and then you know they try to claw their way back in but they just run out of time because they they've dug themselves so big of a hole how much of it do you think is just teams watching video and preparing and finding some things that might work against the Bruins? And how, how much do you think that plays into it? I think that's a factor because I think they do do a lot of similar things. They'll, mm-hmm. if they, if they don't have a playoff to rush, they come in and instead of getting a deep, they'll curl up just inside the blue line. Right. They've done it numerous times and then they'll make either a blind pass or they'll get stripped of the puck or they'll lose a puck battle at the blue line. Then the other team comes the other way in an odd man rush or, you know, they just seem to be making careless decisions with the puck that they don't need to make. And I think some of that is scouting. Some of the teams know now, Hey, they're going to curl at the blue line. So they close the time and space quicker and then they don't have an option uh, to do something with the puck and it gets turned over. Uh, Pasnak has been horrible with turnovers, uh, especially right. since he signed his new contract. Since he signed his new contract, right. he's been flat out bad. I mean, he just yes. has been. Uh, yeah. Making blind passes, uh, trying to go one on three or four. Right. Like he's just right. making really, really bad decisions with the puck. Right. And, um, you know, he does that a lot of times. Uh, during the regular course of a game when he's on, but not so egregiously. Like he'll make a one-on-three move, but he's in the offensive zone by the face-off dots rather than by his own blue line. Like he was mm-hmm. standing still at the blue line the other day and just turned it over. Morissette stole it from him, walked in, scored a short and a goal. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's just in Brickley's like that's inexcusable. You can't you can't be standing still there and try to make a play and just hold the puck. Like the people in this league are too good. You just can't do it. So, so here's my question with Bruce Cassidy. He gets, you know, he gets, he gets his ass chewed up a little bit. So with Montgomery, is this, is this a problem then where guys continue to do these things that they, let's be honest, didn't do as much for Cassidy here because they know they'd hear about it. So is that a problem where, is there a fine line there that they, they just don't have? Like I get that the, it may have been too much for them, but now is it not enough? Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see if it's not yeah. enough. I mean, they still have only lost back-to-back games like twice all season. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I mean, let's not pretend like they're, you know, losing games hand over fist here. They've, they lost, um, you know, three out of four this time. They've lost three games in a row once before in January. Um, but before this three out of four loss, they won 10 in a row. So, right. I mean, right. we're nitpicking right. here. We're nitpicking. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they they – they maybe could use a little bit more of the, um, you know, a disciplinarian there for in some aspects of this. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, you know, once we, we talk about the next game, after that game, Montgomery was pretty candid with some of his comments, um, talking about the team and how they played for the first time all year. He said sure. they, that they didn't play together as a team. Right. And, right. and kind of called them out. So we'll see how they respond um, after that. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's trying to kind of like, all right, guys, I gave you some rope, and now you're hanging yourselves with it. So I'm going to kind of reel you back in here a little bit and, 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 you know, give you a little bit of a stern talking to here. I, I find it. I, I find this part of it interesting. Like I really do. Like, what's going to happen? What's the, and obviously they have good leadership, so there'll be a response. I mean, there always has been with this group, but you know, I'm really interested to see like how it will be with Montgomery here when the shit starts to hit the fan a little bit, which it kind of is right now. 
So I that that's that this is the first real I know they had a like a two or three game losing streak earlier and they quickly turned it around, but they weren't playing this badly then. No, they weren't. Like, and it was against better teams. This is against really poor teams and just putting poor efforts out. Uh, and it be and it, and extended to uh, March 14th at Chicago, a 6-3 to three inexcusable loss, I think. And look, they have Seth Jones and the Radish Kid's decent. There's no, I don't know anybody on the ice for them. Like, they've given away everybody. They're tanking Palooza. They're doing the whole thing. Like, it's just, and the Bruins start slowly. They play bad. Uh, they then they hang around. They take a 3-2 to two lead early in the third, and you think, okay, They'll just finish it out. In fact, I went to bed thinking I'm going to wake up 5-3 Bruins, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Uh, but, no, bad habits have been creeping in for a while, and they're catching up with this team now. Clifton and Forbort together, minus three apiece. Not a great night. And Montgomery, like you said, said he was frustrated with Jack and Brick after the game, team not playing together. Pasternak loses, his, loses the puck on a penalty shot. Like, just seems like, you know, are we really focused and that's that's really the issue with me. Again, it seems ridiculous because they're 50, 11, and 5 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the first thing everybody says. Well, wait a minute, just because they lost a few. Yeah, but it's how they're playing now. Right. And I want to see if they can if, – if Montgomery can lead the charge to turn it around. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I, I mean, people are like, oh, everybody's saying the sky is falling now. And it's like, no, the sky's not falling. No, but not. But – when they're playing bad, you can say they're playing bad. It's okay yes. to say they're playing bad when they're playing bad. And right now, folks, they're playing bad. Uh, fucking terribly, as a yes. matter of fact. I mean, yeah. it, it, it was really, really frustrating to watch that Chicago game because they finally get a lead, and then they just come right down and score. And on that particular goal, Connor Clifton just gives up. Just gives up. Like, the guy comes into the, comes into the high slot, and he just kind of coasts after him and just... I mean, it, and he gave up on the first goal, too. He was moving his feet. He took a bad angle. The guy uh, is going by him on the outside, and he just stopped skating. He's gliding after the guy. And then, you know, he's probably like, oh, Allmark will save it. And it just sneaks in short side. It was a bad goal. Uh, Allmark should have had it. But Clifton stopped playing on two goals. Effort. And when you have 7D and all of a sudden you're not giving effort, like, I don't know, buddy. Uh, there's a chance you might be sitting come playoff time. I know everybody's saying, oh, it's going to be Grizzly. But, like, if if you stop playing, uh, you, you're not going to get in the lineup. I mean, there's, no. the, there's too many guys that are good. And when it comes down to it, they're going to go with the guys who are playing better. Right. And I think Clifton and Grizzik, we've seen it with Grizzik, I think, and we saw it last night, I think, with Clifton, where guys are getting a little nervous about whether they'll be in the lineup. That play with Clifton, he tries to give it to Pasternak, miscommunication. Puck goes the other way. And I know that he was at the end of his shift or whatever, but he was looking back. Did you notice that he's looking back, like, toward Pasternak, like, the whole time? And then the guy just scores a goal. Like, it wasn't like he was really you know, trying to really dig deep to, to catch the guy. He kept kind of, he looked back like twice toward Pasternak or wherever, and then just let the guy walk. Of course, Allmark doesn't hold the post. It's just a shit show of a goal. And, and, and then later the six, three, the six, you know, the, what was it? The empty netter or one of them, the one late where he just was in front of the net, maybe made it five to three in front of the net, like with no effort, like just, yeah. like, I don't know what the hell was going. It was a loose puck in the middle. No Bruin even attempted to get it. Clifton's standing there. The guy's next to the post. They, they hit the guy in the post. He bangs it in. 
Like, what are you doing? And like, Forbrook got, like, walked on the outside by the guy on the the eventual game winner, the 4-3 goal. Like, he just went, comes right down, gives him a little shoulder fake to the inside. Forbrook bites, and he just walks around on the outside and scores. Like, that's yeah. terrible defense. Right. And and I maybe it is a rotation. Maybe it's taking those guys out of their rhythm or something a little bit, um, you know, uh, maybe they are worried. Maybe they're nervous. They're playing. Certainly seems like they're playing nervous, but it might just be, you know, this whole, uh, the funk that the team's in is just kind of permeating everybody. Um, there really hasn't been anybody, um, you know, except for a, a stray guy here or there that's played really particularly well. Um, I thought McAvoy in one of the games was dominant and everybody else was like skating in mud. Like he was everywhere and then no one else yeah. was anywhere. Um, yeah. but guys can't do it by themselves. Like you can't leave it to Allmark and Swayman and then one or two guys. Like it's not that kind of a team. You don't have Connor McDavid. You can't leave it to the goalie and Connor McDavid. You don't have Connor McDavid. You have to play as a team. You have to play together. You have to put the pucks in the right areas. Like, like, uh, like the coach said and, and, and do things the right way. And if you do that, the skill and creativity will come out. You know, if you get the puck down low, Martian can make guys miss down low. Pasenak can make guys miss down low. And then they, their creativity will shine. They have guys who can uh, slip checks and, and get to open areas. Do things the right way and you'll succeed. Yeah, and, and you know, I think with Steve Conroy of the Boston Herald tweeted out, are they, have they been too reliant on the really spectacular goaltending? And that's another thing. Like, they've been dug out of other games this year, even when they were playing Oh, absolutely. Well. Absolutely. He saved them early so they can win it late. And if they don't get that kind of goaltending, they're not 50, 11 and five. Like, no. So, so that's the other thing. And does the goal, if the goaltending comes back to earth in any type of way, then what happens then? So there are some questions here. And like you said, it's okay to question it. Like it's okay because of the opponent and the way they're playing is the problem. This isn't like Toronto in Dallas and Colorado, and they lost three. You know, this isn't that. This no. is like losing to the to the dog shit teams in the league and just playing terrible hockey. Well, that's so that's, that's where it comes down to more more for me is they're just playing badly. Like if you right. like fine you you I mean they had games earlier in the in the season where they dominated a team and they just ran into a hot goalie. Like shit like yeah. that happens. Yeah. I get it. You know, you throw fifty something shots on a guy and he stands on his head and beats you like. Tip your cap, he beat you. But you were still playing well. Now you're just sure. not playing well. So that's really the, the part that bothers me more than anything is they need to start playing well. Like, now you're starting to try to gear up for the playoffs here. You got, like, 15-ish games left. Um, you really should be kind of, like, getting yourself into form now, figuring things out. We got we to gotta ramp things up come, come playoff time. Rest some guys if you need to. Uh, get some guys in there that are hungry. Whatever it is. But you need to be ramping up now. You don't need to be going in the wrong direction because, as, uh, you know, football coaches have said, Belichick, Parsons, cells other guys you know if you're not getting better you're getting worse and right now they're not getting better so they're getting worse they're getting worse they absolutely are and this game coming up at winnipeg yeah i mean it's gonna be an interesting sign of what's the what's to come absolutely
It is. Uh, all right, DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook, will be live soon. And it is live now, right here in Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. Soon you'll be able to bet local on money lines and spreads and props and more with one of America's top rates. Sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use at now that mobile sports betting hits Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24 7 21 plus physically present in mass eligibility restrictions apply subject to regulatory licensing requirements eligibility and deposit restrictions apply opt-in required bonus issues at free bets terms at draftkings.com slash ma all right beauties and benders now and the uh, three beauties for this week beauty number three is old friend matt boldy gonna love you eh? they're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk Matthew's red hot, three goals and two assists in his last five. He's now up to 19 goals, 26 assists for 45 points this season for a red hot Minnesota Wild team. Yeah, state of hockey. Allie, up in Allie Ray's uh, neighborhood there. She, she's a Gophers yeah. fan, though, not a Wild fan. Yeah. But, you know, Matt's a local yeah. kid, and, and we're always pulling for Matt to, uh, to do well. So good for him. Yeah, man, he's playing great, and uh, and I had him at forty goals. That's that was my bold prediction, mm-hmm. bold D prediction. Bold D prediction. Uh, probably yeah. won't get there, but uh, certainly uh, has come on strong here and keeps getting better. So good for Matt. Uh, beauty number two, Tyler Radish. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Tyler Radish was not as terrible as a radish taste. He had a hat trick. Uh, 20 goals on the season, playing well for a bad Blackhawks team. Yeah, I mean, he's he's had, uh, I think he's had like six or seven goals or something in his last five games, playing, yeah. at, playing at a plus on a terrible, terrible Blackhawks team. Uh, yeah. So good for him, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, we'll move, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on from Tyler. That was a, that was a bad... Uh, was it Taylor Radish? That's his name. Uh, the uh, that was a bad uh, attempt at being like Jack Edwards and trying to go a roundabout way there. But but Taylor Radish uh, is six uh, three. He is twenty five years old, and he was a second round pick of the Lightning, the Ning, and he's doing some pretty good work for the Hawks. And then beauty number one is our friend Allie Ray. They're gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. And she is a beauty, and you can see uh, all of her beauty on uh, all sorts of different links at the AllieRay.com website. And so you can get all her links there. And she's a big Bruins fan, a fan of the show, a fan of the program. Fan of the program, yeah. And she's Mrs. Allie Ray at, on Twitter, so you can follow yeah. her over there, throw her a follow. She's she's following this fine program. And, uh, yeah, yeah so, uh, we're big fans of hers and, and uh, real happy that she could come on with us. 
Yeah, absolutely. That was really cool to be able to talk with her uh, and hear her story. So uh, now it's time, uh, Spendy, for your benders. Yeah, we got three benders, and we're going back to some Bruins players finally because uh, yeah, they've yeah, been uh, they've been been playing badly. So uh, coming in, uh, bender number three, Derek Forbort. I'm a bender. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll combine three and two here into uh, into one little one little bit. Uh, bender number two, Connor Clifton. Mm. Yeah, and and as a as a pair, uh, just not good. Just not good in the last game. Minus three each. Um, just we talked a little bit about the goals that that were scored against them. Not a lot of effort from Clifton on a couple of those plays. I know he may have been tired, but um, you know, in the past he's selling out maybe to dive and try to knock that puck away on the first play, and and uh, you know a little bit of effort and and hitting. Maybe he's feeling some things maybe he's got some bumps and bruises uh but he had just come back from getting rested a game so you would ex- have expected a little more from him and, and same with full board you've recently rested uh and just didn't look real comfortable out there uh and it could be like we said just the team is in an overall funk so it's just permeating everyone um but those guys had a particularly bad night yeah, they did. And it's not a great, it, they've been a really good pairing for a while. Mm-hmm. Like last end of last year and now beginning of this year. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it's just, a, like you said, just a one-off or just, you know, a little bit of a slump they're in because they need, in my opinion, they need that pair to be good mm-hmm. in the playoffs. I agree. They really do. 100%. Uh, and the number one bender is the Bruins puck management. I'm a bender. Uh, what's? I'm a bender. I'm a bender. Bender. That's bender. all the turnovers. I yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, that's going back a few games, so we'll we'll add those in because uh, they've been doing this for a while, and it, it's a problem. It's a it's a real problem now. Uh, it seems like a a bad habit there has kind of crept in, where they were. Uh, turning the puck over, but then still finding ways to win. Uh, and now they're turning pucks over and, and, and losing games. They've, they've blown leads, I believe, in two of these last three here. And it's the first time that they've, um, go, uh, I guess, given up leads late in games there when they've had a one-goal lead late in games. And it's happened uh, in the last couple of games here. So not trending in the right direction. Uh, so they really need to clean up the, um, the puck management problems. They absolutely do. And it's, um, again, and, and, you know, and there's been talk on Twitter about Brad Marchand and, and how he's playing and his comments a week or so ago about not being hundred percent thought he'd feel better by now. I, I almost feel like there's a lot of frustration in his game. And I don't think he is a, he is able to do the things he used to do right now. It may come back, but I don't think, and it's seen that way. Because he's not winning as many battles. He's losing the puck. I mean, the empty netter yesterday was just, let's just fire it somewhere. Like, it just doesn't seem like, it seems like to me he's playing frustrated and it's and it's affecting his play. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, he's a, almost a point-per-game guy this year. It's not like he hasn't produced. But it's just, and especially in the last five, six, eight games, just not the same Marchand. And they really need him to be playoff Marchand. They do. They they need the dynamic, uh, you know, pest, pesky, you know, puck moving, uh, not puck moving, puck winning, you know, mm-hmm. uh, winning battles, making plays. They need that guy back for sure to drive, kind of drive that first line because he's really the driver of the line. Bergeron, Bergeron's going to win faces and face offs and get you possession, but Marshan's really the guy that drives that line. So uh, they need him to 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 play well in order to to get that line uh, clicking again. 
They do. Um, all right. Bruins Benders pod, uh, power rankings for this week. Uh, Bruins. Uh, so the Minnesota uh, Wild with Matt Boldy come in at seven. Brand new. 13-game point streak. Uh, 10-0-3 in those 13 games for the Minnesota Wild and coming on strong. Uh, also at number six, brand new entry, Dallas Stars, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. Two teams right there, I think, that uh, are two of the favorites. I, I thought Minnesota from the start, and I think Dallas from sort of midway through the year till now, two of the teams I really think can do some damage in the postseason. Uh, number five, Toronto, down a spot, only six and four in their last 10. Vegas moves up a spot. They've won four in a row, and Jonathan Quick is 4-0 and with the Golden Knights. So good for Quick. Um, and then number three, Carolina's down a spot, six and four in their last 10. And then the Devils are up a spot, seven, two, and one in their last 10, a very dangerous team. And then number one, still Boston, 50, 11, and five, 105 points, seven and three in their last 10. But as we've talked about, not playing nearly as well. Yeah, lost three of their last four, uh, mm-hmm. uh, not entering the uh, Bruins, Benders, Bedard, Tank, Belusa sweepstakes just yet, <laughs> no. though. No. Uh, so uh, these teams are in that mm-hmm. uh, sweepstakes. Uh, and number 30, the Columbus Blue Jackets have uh, 49 points and uh, are playing just awfully bad. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a game against Anaheim last night that uh, was was a competition for being down there in the bottom of the barrel, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a 6-5 game in overtime. Neither team seemed like they particularly wanted to win. Columbus came down in a 2-0 in overtime. Line A and Gaudreau. Passing back and forth about seven times and fucked it up, and uh, and and then Line A feeds Gaudreau in front of the net afterwards uh, for the game-winning goal. But uh, yeah, they, I think they messed it up on purpose. Like they're not really trying to win, but fine, Gaudreau's finally like, fine, I'll score the goal, we can get out of here, and and the, and we'll win. Jesus. But uh, yeah, uh, they're trying like hell to get Bedard, and good for them because I think Bedard and Johnny Hockey would be an exciting combination. Sure. Uh, coming in at number 31, San Jose. They are the first team eliminated from playoff contention. Good for the Sharks. Trying trying like hell to get into that Bedard thing. And I think that would be a, a decent team for Bedard as well out there on the West Coast. Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah. you put him with Hurdle and sure. whoever. Yeah, <laughs> just Hurdle. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if anybody else is left there. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Eric Carlson for now, but uh, for now. Probably, right. probably not after the summertime. And then yeah. coming in at number 32, your Montreal Canadiens, 2-6-2 two, and two in their last 10, 11 points out of last place. And, uh, you know, uh, they're trying to sneak in there, I guess. Uh, but, you know, then they'll run three, three, four wins in a row, and, and people will question what the hell they're doing again. But, uh, yeah. yeah, they're, uh, you know, trying to get in on this um, Bedard sweepstakes. Yeah, they just lost another guy to a seasoning and an injury, so they're they're dying on the vine as well. They're but they're eleven points out of last, so they got to get hopping. They got to like they got to <laughs> cash in their trips. They got to lose the rest, I think. Yeah. to get to get in better position, but uh, they haven't been very good. Uh, Certainly have not. Uh, all right, prospect spotlight time and college free agents now being uh, swept up around the league. Toronto picked up a uh, college free agent, sort of Montreal, and a guy I've been looking at the last couple of days. Uh, Providence College, a teammate of Riley Duran, uh, Parker Ford. And he's a guy that uh, is a senior. He's had uh, 12 goals and 13 goals in the last two seasons. He seems to be one of the hotter college free agents out there. And maybe someone 
on the Bruins' uh, list of college free agents, which they've had good success. Mikulov, McLaughlin, of course, previously Krug years ago. Uh, and this seems to be what is more in Don Sweeney's wheelhouse, like a proven, you know, 21, 22-year-old guy. You know, you know what he can do at the college level with, with men, you know, and, and, um, and say a safer kind of bet, I think. Yeah, and, and with all the draft picks the Bruins have have given up in the in the coming years, they're going to have to go this route if they want to uh, add some talent to their minor league system. So uh, it would be good if they were in on Parker Ford, you know, among others. Morkalov just scored his twentieth, I believe, for uh, Providence either yesterday or earlier this evening. So uh, really having a, a great season, and I feel like uh, there's a, there's a chance that you'll see Merkulov up with the Bruins in uh, twenty three twenty four season at some point. <laughs> And another guy was uh, was a Reese Gaber who was with them in development camp, right? Um, and he uh, he would be out of the University of North Dakota, and, and actually showed well in camp. Uh, and as a guy that's also on some teams' radar, and, and someone that maybe potentially could go to Boston. All right, week ahead, March sixteenth at Winnipeg, uh, March eighteenth at the Red Hot Minnesota Wild, and then March nineteenth back to back. This time at Buffalo. And then March 21st versus the Ottawa Senators at home. Go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app. We are now on TikTok as well. And please rate and review on Apple and other podcast platforms. Subscribe and follow. Sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. And go to TheAllieRay.com for her links. Special thanks to Allie Ray for coming on with us and you as well for listening. And have a great week, everybody. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Mm, Bye-bye. Thank you.